Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. Our next workshop is coming up March 15th through the 17th in Pennsylvania in the beautiful Poconos along the Delaware River. Space is limited, so call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY to register. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and I've got my good buddy Stephen Cervantes here. So how are you, my friend? I am blessed and glad to be here, and God is good, and I'm glad that God is good all the time. Amen. Well, uh, listeners, before we get started, uh, you know, we are, can you believe we are, you know, at least down here in Texas, we are well into spring, and just uh, the year is clipping along, and uh, we can only continue to do this program uh, through donors, through partners, financial partners. And so we want to first of yeah. all say thank you, thank you to those of you who have come alongside of us and uh, who have given to this ministry and allowed us to continue to do this work. Um, I'm especially grateful for those of you who have made it a commitment as a monthly partner to support the radio program. So thank you so much. Yes. And whether it's $2, $200, or $2,000, every little bit helps us to continue to bring you these programs. We want to educate and equip our listeners to be able to live lives of integrity before God and others. And so if you'd like to learn about the ways that you can come alongside and partner with us, just go to puresexradio.com and then click on the donate link. So Stephen. Yes, I'm here, present. Let's talk about lying. Stop lying. Tell me the truth. So we did get a request once to have a discussion about lying. And uh, I stumbled upon a book it's a kind of a more thoughtful, heady book um, than than a one, two, three, lying, defined, A, B, C, D, E, because she jumps around, tells all kinds of stories. And so you're going to intro the book and lift it up, or am I going to? Yeah, so the book is just entitled Anatomy of a Lie by Diane Comp. Yep. And so this is uh, what the book looks like. Um, I notice it's it's... A little bit dated. It's, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. About yeah. 20 years old or so. so. Uh, but hey, does but the lying, anatomy of a lie change? It, it, I mean, it, no, it's still, no. lying is still lying. And this is, she's an MD so, and she's so very thought provoking. Uh, and so if you like that kind of uh, different areas, she'll jump around and you know, you'll be surprised. How do we jump to that section? And then she'll talk about lying from a different perspective. And so, uh, she starts with we once we start lying to ourselves, we get to the point where we can't recognize the truth, because lying is easy, lying is quick, and 
because it starts to blur together. Mm -hmm. So I say something, and I hope you say something smart back. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I can especially relate to this uh, in the throes of my addiction. Because if you think about it, I mean, where addiction will, any kind of addiction will lead a person is to to deceive, to hide. Yes. And that means you have to lie in order to keep doing the secretive, unknown things that you're doing that you don't want other people to know about. At some point, you have to lie. The other thing about it, too, is that <laughs> I found that I wanted to present myself as other than what I was. Mm. And the thing is, here's what I found. The longer... I told people what they wanted to hear versus what was actually going on. I started to believe what I was telling them oh, that they wanted to hear. That's it. You start blurring. even though it was a lie. It was totally false. And and that's where it does get confusing because you think, well, am I this guy, or am I this guy? Isn't that interesting? It's weird. You, it really does get fuzzy. You wouldn't think that if you don't lie much, you would think that's very odd. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're in the world of making up stuff. It gets sort of confusing. You could live in either world. And I'm sure there's a lot of wives out there listening right now that says, yes, yeah, that's what my husband does. Uh, he, he sort of gets a blank look on his face when I call him out on a lie, and he, he starts to defend, and he starts to think that I'm the crazy one. And Because you can get so self-deceived with your own lies that you start to believe you know, And true. it's interesting because you're saying my lying is a protection mechanism for me. It's a defense, I, yeah. It's yeah, defense. I can present an, uh, being somebody else, right? And if I can hold that together, even if it's a lie, you know, because it's like I can present to be really against porn, but 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 in it, but mm -hmm. lie and say, oh, never, and not me, and I wouldn't, those guys over there, but, not, you know, it's like then you live in this dual world. And I would add to that, it's not only a defense mechanism, I think it's also a, a way to try to control your life, to try to control yes. outcomes. Like you go, hey, if I if I tell the truth, this may go in a direction that causes conflict and difficulty in my relationship, or whatever. But hey, if I go over here and just kind of bend the truth or tell this lie, I can point towards this other outcome that yes. is more favorable to yes. me yeah. instead of actually having to do hard and work. And that's that image thing. And then the, the, and then you get confused. Am I really there? Am I not that, right? I can right. sell it so good. I package it good. I get lost in it good. Is that me or is that not me? Yeah. So the author says, is a lie ever justified? And so we might play with that a little bit and hopefully by the time we get to the end, have greater clarity with it. Mm -hmm. Because she says... She tells the story of Corrie Tin Boone, right? And she was hiding Nazis. And she said, I never lied until I was 45 years old. And they asked me, are you hiding people? She said, no. Mm -hmm. And they left. And I don't have the story. I read the book a while back, so I don't have all the story straight. So you give me a little grace on this. But that, in essence, she's, at 45, I know I both face lied that I knew exactly what I was doing. And so was that lie justified? Is it ever, because there's another story that goes with it. And it's almost like a sister, if I got this straight, had two sons. And uh, <clears throat> the Nazis came in looking for those boys. The boys hid under the table where the mother was sitting. And the Nazis came in and said, where are the boys? And, and the, the woman said, had the rule, I never, never, never lie. 
So she said they're under the table. Mm. And the Nazis said something stupid and thought that is so stupid and stormed off. They're not hiding under the table. So you have two different stories here of somebody that said, I will never, no matter what the consequence, lie. And another one that said, I will lie to protect life and innocent and... And I think that's just it. So like the Corey Ten Boom thing, I do think there are, uh, if I can put it in this framework, principles of righteousness that can cause certain lines to blur. I do believe that the the principle of life supersedes or sort of overshadows the momentary, you know, telling of a, a non-truth <laughs> or telling a lie. Because I, I do not think that uh, God would hold T- Corey Ten Boom condemned for doing what was necessary in that moment to protect life. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so a lot it's of like, sense. But then the thing is, is that we have to, we have to, we always have to bring our conscience then before God, don't we? Yes. He's the final arbiter. And so it's like, because I can already hear some, uh, you know, I've heard I've heard plenty of guys, men, husbands, who have been like, "Well, I'm not gonna." They they talk about certain things they're not gonna tell their wife that they did, and in their mind they're saying, "Well, I'm protecting her." Right. Yes. And that to me, I think is in most cases. I'm not gonna say, no, but in most cases, baloney. Mm-hmm. That's he's trying to protect himself. Yeah. And again, I leave I leave very I leave a little bit of wiggle room there because yeah. every, there are you very there are quite unique situations, but they're usually on the fringes, kind of that bell curve. Most of the time, when I hear a guy saying, "Oh, I'm not going to tell my wife about this and this and this because I don't want to hurt her anymore," yes, and it's like, no, you just don't want to receive and that the pain. Is such on a yourself, difficult you know? call, right? Because it it's easy just go home and be brutally honest, but it ends up being destructive on the other half, and then it's just like, oh. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, there's such an absoluteness about God that there's really no room for anything that's not absolutely true, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what he calls us to, so I don't want anybody to hear anything different than that. But, but to go home and to, to destroy someone, it's like, well, it's uh, that, it's that, and we'll get to this a little bit later. I mean, when we, I think we start talking more about the truth specifically. But I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's that concept of truth in love. And there's this, there, I don't want to say balance, but I think there's this mixture mm. that if we, if, we, uh, if we deliver truth devoid of love, it can crush people, Right. If we yes. deliver, try to deliver love void of truth, we will not, I mean, people will, it's licentiousness. People will just, you know, that's what's happened in our culture today is we have, we have no clear definition of love because we have abandoned the truth in relationship to love. Mm. So does that make sense? Yes. I think there's a balance yeah. there. Um, and so, yes, I, I would tell those husbands, okay, listen, let's, let's unpack where you're really going with this when you say, I don't want to tell her that because I want to protect her. Let's look at where your heart is and mm-hmm. what you're trying to do in terms of self-protection. But then let's look at what does delivery look like of that truth. I'm not telling a guy to go smash his wife right. to bits with harshness and graphic detail and all these kinds of things. Yeah. That It may be true, but it's not necessarily going to be helpful the way it's being delivered. Right. You know, how can we do that? And and the reality is, is uh, doesn't doesn't truth ultimately cut us anyway. Yeah. 
I mean, is there a way to to really come up against truth without at some point it rubbing on us in an uncomfortable way? And I'm talking about both the truth of maybe needing to reveal right. sin and confession, right. but also the truth of when Jesus says, hey, you know, anybody who puts his hand to the plow and then looks backward isn't fit for the kingdom. It's like there's also an obedience aspect mm-hmm. to truth that that causes some discomfort And there's discomfort always a freedom lives. and there's always a goodness. It is, yeah. But it's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So this author says, by age eight, you know the difference between a lie and a mistake. But as we go through life, we like to avoid punishment. Mm. And so we lie for a thousand different reasons. There's not like one or two or three. Right. We come up with a lot of reasons to justify our lies, right? Yeah. And then there are like white lies or little lies or half-truths, or I, I told part of the story, I just left something out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it starts to get real blurry, and, and, and you can even justify saying, well, I, I don't want to hurt him, so I'm not going to say that part, but I'll say this part. And I, I think I'm guilty of that. This book really convicted me that I think I fudge a lot, and I'd rather be nice and easy and kind, because there's a hard edge to truth. Mm-hmm. And... and I don't know. I really, after I, th- I had to start examining, do I absolutely always tell the truth and I always believe 100% of the time it's good to tell the truth and you better tell the truth? Yeah. Yeah, you mean that's such a high, high standard. It's like high above where we live. Well, I like what she says here. You know, we don't often lie to save lives. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Corey Tinboom. I mean, th- there was a very specific issue there where she's going, I – and the power of my tongue right now mm-hmm. has the ability to hand these people over for certain death and punishment or keep them protected. And what it's going to require of me is to actually not tell the truth. That's the typical – I mean, that is so outside of most of our normal lives and context, right? Our lives, I think, are very much – I can totally understand avoiding punishment – I can understand self-protection. I can understand I want a different outcome that's, that, yes. that is comfortable for me. Those are typically a lot of the reasons why I'm tempted to lie. Yes, or look good. Yeah. Right, or to minimize pain or help someone not feel something. So, But isn't it yeah. – and maybe we'll get into this a little bit, but isn't that a key to us unlocking where a lot of our brokenness is? What are the things that we typically find ourselves wanting to lie about and why? Because let's take Now instance, you're convicting me here because well, let's take I like instance, to be a pleaser and I like everybody happy. So, of course, I'm going to say nice things. That, yeah, so think all about the happy, that. pretty nice things. So maybe our, our typical lying pattern, if you want to call it that, is actually something that reveals – some parts of our heart that are still and could we say half truth, half truth pattern? Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds better than lying in you know, a pattern that we yeah. all maybe that's it. We just need to rip the band off. You know? <laughs> so it's almost like a landmine that lays out there when you lie, and you never know right. when that thing's going to go off. Well, and that's the thing too. Uh, I can't remember. I, I I can't remember who this quote is originally attributed to, mm-hmm. but the idea that when you tell the truth, that's all you have to remember. And, and <laughs> that's, that's right. another thing about lying yeah. is lying creates all these um, anxieties because if I lie to you about something, 
And then I maybe have a different conversation with somebody else that is a mutual connection of ours. I have to now think about what I'm telling this person mm-hmm. that might be different from what I told you. Right. And I got to make that now I got to tell another mm-hmm. lie to stack on top of that one. And, and when you tell the truth, that's all you have to remember. It is simpler, right? And easier. Nothing's going to blow up later. That's right. So she says, even if you fib to a stranger that you'll never see again, there may be consequences to that stranger. Mm-hmm. Those lies, they go, out, they go out and they have a consequence. And then he may have to pay a consequence later mm. for your lie. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. We think sometimes that if it's not in our immediate circle of people or, or friends or whatever, that it doesn't matter as much. If I, let's say I'm on a, on a trip somewhere and what does it matter if I tell a lie to the hotel attendant that's checking me in? Yes. Right? And what she's saying is, hey, while you may not still be around when the consequence of that lie hits, it might land on that other person. You know, it's so funny because this lying thing, sometimes I, I, I'll tell a half-truth just just to be efficient. So the story's popping in my head. I bought a bunch of Christmas cookies, like a dozen boxes of Christmas cookies, and I gave them to men at church that I wanted to say thank you. And this guy didn't show up for three weeks. He was Every Sunday he was gone for around Christmas, three weeks. And I, sh- I saw him on the fourth week and I said, hey, I had brought cookies. I carried them for three Sundays. Now you show up. I ate your cookies. And, and he said, were they good? Yeah, yeah, they were good. I didn't want to tell him, well, I took your cookies. And you know the other guy that sits over here on the front <laughs> row? I, he liked the first box, so I gave him a second box. I didn't want to tell a story. I was leaving. I was trying to get to my car. Mm-hmm. So I, in essence, lied for efficiency's sake. I didn't want to tell a story about who got your cookies, and I don't know if they were good. He liked the first one. I don't know if he liked the second one. We're going to be here longer than I want right, to be yeah. here. And I'd read this book, and I thought, well, that was just that was just for ease, for sake of ease. Yeah, I just ate them. Good seeing you. Bye. That's all I wanted. But then, yeah. But I really did lie a little bit. Yeah. In that story, and it was like, oh, if we're supposed to be honest, I mean, we have to look at ourselves everywhere in all our conversations. Yeah. You know? And I know, I've noticed that too, that it's easy sometimes once you're kind of rolling in a story to just, you know, hey, popcorn a little bit of something exciting <laughs> yes. out there and popcorn another little bit of yes. thrilling thing. It might not have actually gone to that degree, but boy, if I say it this way, it sounds a whole lot better than if I just leave it where it was. I was know? just thinking about that in my head. I love storytellers. I, basic life is boring. You know, I went it's to the daily, store. It's regular. Yeah, I went it's... to the store and then a lot, it was busy, it was hectic, and there was traffic, and I came home. But a guy go, another guy go, you cannot believe what happened. I was in the parking lot on my way into the store. And I mean, he's just embellishing every piece of this thing. And it's much more exciting mm-hmm. to do that than just uh, do fact, 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 absolute fact truth. You know, I had no idea today that you were going to be bringing this particular topic in. But you know what I spent time actually writing in my journal this morning, this morning, today, about okay. Was no. this very idea that um, it bothers me that we live in a society where everything has to be exciting all the time. And that, yes. so when you think about social media, you're only going to show your best stories, your best pictures, your best. And you're going to push them all. Yeah. And, and it's creating this sense of regular is not good. 
daily, mundane chores, yeah, right. you know. And so I think there's something about the uh, enticement to lie is to try to elevate the excitement level of our stories that we tell other people. Like, my life is really more exciting than what you're actually getting. And it's like, well, no, is it okay to just be – one of the things you tell guys all the time, is it okay to be a regular guy? Yeah. Do you always have to be on, you know, number 10? Does it always have to be, you know, yes. on high volume all the time? No, that's good. And I don't do that much social media, but I hear that a lot. It's like, wow, they have such an exciting life. Right. They got this and they went there and they ate this and they did this phenomenal thing. It's like, I must be living a boring life because everybody else is flashy. And so anyway, we're talking about the truth. So here's a line from the book. People often lie most readily in marriage exactly because they fear losing the intimacy they've achieved. They know that nothing can kill the fire of a passion quicker than the truth. Mm-hmm. Your hair doesn't look that good. Yeah. That, that dress How do I looks look in this, bad does on this you. Does this dress make like, me look fat? When are you going to get on the <laughs> treadmill and uh, you know those old shoes? Could you throw them away? I'm sick. They're ratty things. Maybe, maybe that's the real question that people are wanting us to answer in this episode. Is like, okay, the husbands are out there saying, guys, give me the ironclad answer to when my wife asks about how she looks and whatever she's wearing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because, I mean, that's – we're kind of tongue-in-cheek there, but I believe this, that the idea that nothing can kill the fire of passions quicker than the truth. And – but I think that's because we are – we're not used to making that the common connection in mm. our relationships. Think about it, Stephen. What is, what is dating all about? Is it about revealing the raw, no, broken your pieces best of your life? Sales job. It, it, your it's best a pitch, stuff, isn't it? Right? right. Yes. And so I think <clears throat> a lot of times, then the the seeds of a relationship are are planted in that soil of your best, not your worst, not the truth, not you know the real broken regular oh, person right. that you are. Absolutely. And so I think some of this is I I mean I would. Say, I, I get what she's saying here, but I, I I do think that that can be flipped around as you work on it to where it doesn't have to mean that if I tell the truth, passion dies. You know what I mean? Right, because I, there's another line in the book. It says intimacy grows through truthfulness. Yeah, you have to you do have to uh, shift the paradigm, though. And so I think what we're talking about here is if if there's been a lot of half-truths, if there's been a lot of the soil of of lying, you're going to have to start planting in a new field of truthfulness, yes. and, and that's hard work. And that's, there's no safety without truthfulness, right? Right. You can't have intimacy. You can't be well-connected if somebody's lying and pretending. That, you know, that's the shifting sand story. Are you building on the rock of truth or the sand of half-truths, and mm-hmm. that thing could shift right out from under you? could be false intimacy, but if it's not built on truth, we don't have true intimacy, right? Right. So she says, uh, a dad will spank his kids for lying, and then later his wife will ask him about what he's doing on the internet, and he'll just tell a little half-true, little fudging story. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, that's the two sides of us, right? We're going to hold a standard of truth. But when it's convenient for us to fudge truth, we're going to do it. Well, and it's no wonder then that you have kids that are raised with incredible confusion and and really, if I can put it this way, disrespect mm. for their their father in that situation, right? Because we have this false notion that 
kids aren't that great at observing our lives when in fact they're phenomenal observers. Mm. They see stuff we don't even think they're seeing. And so that kind of duplicity is just, it's really training your kids to learn how to present yourself one way in one context and another way in another. That's true. That's who dad really is. And the kids will see that. Yeah. You, you, You don't just do that on the side with mother quiet in the other room. You do that day to day, right? If you decide mm-hmm. it's okay to tell half-truths, little white lies, to fudge, it's going to show up during the day. Right. You know? So uh, there's the old line, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Don't you love all the old stuff? The old things we've heard forever, there's always this piece of truth right in the middle of them. It's like, that's why they go on. Some people steal ashtrays from hotels, and they say to themselves, well, it's just good advertising. You know, I'm going to take it home and advertise the hotel. And you can hear the lie and the deception in that, right? Mm-hmm. I stole – this is an old book. There are ashtrays in hotels, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, I, I heard the story once of uh, a girl who went on a date, and her boyfriend stole a salt and pepper shaker and said, well, I need it. And, you know, they make a lot of money. And I thought to myself, you know, that's a little peek into what's going on inside mm-hmm. that guy. If you, and you know what? I think that is that is very that permeates our culture nowadays. When people say, uh, you know, they've got they've got margin, they know that these things are going to happen, and so they they take advantage of that, and um, and don't realize. I think this is the the thing that I would really like to get across to the listeners is we don't realize the compounding effect that those small decisions have on yes. our character, right? Mm-hmm. And we think, we think you know, character is when I do something big and grand and do something really noble that is really out there, right? Actually, I think character is what you do when nobody is looking. Right. Like when you know that it's only God who is seeing what you are doing, what do you do with those little decisions? Because um, I really do think ultimately what's on the inside will find its way out. You know, that's why I believe that the idea of truth is eventually everything will be revealed that is hidden. That's what God's Word says. So even if you think you've gotten away with it your whole life, there is a point of reckoning that's coming where everything you think you've got, you've kept hidden yeah. will come to light, either in this life or in the life to come. Everything is going to be revealed. Well, and it it is practicing a damaged I mean, it's practicing a skill that damages you. Right? And that those around you, you, right? That's right. This, the, there's a line that says, lying damages three people. The person who says it, the person who listens to it, and the person whom it's told. Mm. So it spreads around a bad skill, a landmine waiting out there, uh, a weakening of character and self a confusion to others waiting. They may take what you said as truth and it may blow up on them later, right? Mm -hmm. So truth and honesty are declining values, the author says. In our culture, holding to this high standard of truth and honesty, eh, you know, uh, we can fudge, we can can get by, we can just get close enough, we can, you know, it's like, and it's hard to hear that. I love our country, you know, and when you hear this, you're reminded we're in some decline. That yeah. People don't love the truth. They don't love honesty. They're not fighting for integrity. You know? Right. 
So, so tr- truth with that, we're going to go a few a little bit more. Is that yeah, okay? we got a couple we more. We got to wrap up here. In, okay. Soon. Truth without grace is deadly, but grace without truth leads to less than successful living. Mm-hmm. And love sets you free. You shall know the truth, right? And love rejoices in truth. And so, a lie is never justified, is what the author concludes. And in fact, she issues a challenge. She says, why don't you become a pathological truth teller? I like that. Absolutely. I will tell the truth, no matter what the cost is. With grace and mercy, I will be a pathological truth teller. Don't you love that? I do, yeah. And it stirs to the core. All right. And the only thing I would add to that is this is a journey not only of of uh, telling the truth, um, not only of living in the truth, but also recognizing that as you grow in that, there is a wisdom mm-hmm. that is also gained about timing, delivery, context, relationship. You know, so it's not just, you know, I love the idea of saying, let's become pathological truth tellers. And then again, if we drift away then from the love component there, mm. then we can become some of the harshest right. people. Pharisees in the and Sadducees, yeah. right. So let's let's all be on a journey of growth. Yes. To say, God, what does it look like for your truth? to really permeate every area of my life so that yes. I become a pathological truth teller that delivers that truth in an atmosphere of compassion and love and grace. Absolutely. So listeners, if you would like to just uh, continue to unpack your story, maybe there's some things you st- realize you need to confess uh, to yourself or to some others, um, please reach out to us. We'd love to be able to walk alongside you in this journey of becoming a pathological truth teller. Yeah. And until next time, uh, have a great week. We look forward to having you back here again on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Tell the truth. See ya. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.